If you are looking to elevate your leadership and drive your nonprofit forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Successful Nonprofits newsletter. Every week, I curate exclusive shareworthy content that sparks inspiration, innovation, and conversation. From the latest trends to timeless advice, the weekly email newsletter is your all-access pass to a treasure trove of resources. But receiving the newsletter is not just about staying informed. It's also about getting our best content first. Subscribers get first access to our newest downloadable templates designed to propel your leadership and amplify your impact. And that's not all, my friend. We are constantly working on new ways to support you and your mission. So as a subscriber, you'll get updates on our latest projects, opportunities to participate in surveys, and a say in the topics that we tackle next. You will essentially get me as a consultant, coach, and confidant in your inbox, ready to help you navigate the challenges of nonprofit leadership. So if you're an executive director, board chair, or a nonprofit leader who believes in making a difference, join me as a newsletter subscriber. Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Bonus Break. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg. The Bonus Break is a short episode you can listen to while taking a coffee break and get the added bonus of making you and your nonprofit more successful. Produced as a companion to our longer Successful Nonprofits podcast, the bonus break covers all of the topics you care most about. Professional development, fundraising, governance, board relations, marketing, tech, and more. This bonus break is sort of a continuation of our last ones. The last one we talked about three questions to ask before you submit a grant. And this bonus break offers free resources for foundation grant research. That's right, free, F-R-E-E, resources. Now, a grant writer's worst nightmare sometimes comes true in the fluorescent light of a conference room. You know, it typically includes senior agency staff and, you know, some board members and leadership volunteers. And someone will say, I was reading a magazine article the other day about Bill Gates And did you know that he has over $35 billion of assets? And what's more, he's even just gave away a billion dollars for polio. You know, we should write a proposal requesting $25,000. After all, the issue that we are working on affects way more people than polio does. And it's only $25,000. It's such a small amount of money for Bill Gates and his foundation. They'll certainly love the work we do. Now, maybe the executive director doesn't know that requesting a $25,000 grant from the Gates Foundation would really be a mistake and an utter waste of time. Maybe the ED just doesn't want to challenge this particular board member today. But for whatever reason, the executive director does his best to avoid the grant writer's laser-focused stare. You know that stare. The grant writer's looking at the ED thinking, don't make me write this proposal. Do not. Do not make me write this proposal. So now the grant writer has this kind of ominous task before them because they're kind of stuck researching this funder and they know that it's futile and there's no hope of getting funded. Now, 
what this grant writer should probably do is research the Gates Foundation and many other possible funders. And what this will do then is it will allow them to fill in the grant calendar with good prospects, while also making a case for not submitting a proposal to the Gates Foundation. So the ability to research prospective funders and develop a highly targeted list of good possible foundations is a key skill that all grant writers must develop. While the majority of organizations don't subscribe to a database listing foundation sources, you know, like the Foundation Center Online and Foundation Search or GrantStation, grant writers have many resources for identifying prospective funders, determining the specific pitch for the proposal, and writing the proposal itself. And the purpose of today's bonus break is to help grant writers build a list of likely funders, narrow down the list, and then create a great grant calendar. So the first thing to do is to create a list of likely funders. You know there's over 110,000 private foundations in the nation, and a simple list of just their names would use more than 2,390 sheets of paper. And despite this overwhelming list, it should still be pretty easy for grant writers to identify the 20 to 40 most likely funders. So here are some questions to ask. First, who funds organizations like ours? Go to their websites, pull their annual reports, and see who some of your competitor organizations are being funded by, because they will often list the names of funders right there in their annual report or on their website. So if you're a homeless service organization and the homeless service organization down the street is getting funding from, you know, Foundation XYZ, you know that you may have a chance to get funding from that same foundation. Another question to ask yourself is, are there associations of funders related to my mission? An often underestimated fact about America is that we have an association for everything, and this is equally true among foundations. Often known as funder affinity groups, these formal associations provide technical assistance and have annual conferences to discuss the latest trends in their specialized funding area. And so let me give you a few examples. So for example, um, there's the Jewish Funders Network, there's the Funder for LGBT Issues, there are Environmental Grantmakers Association, the Grantmakers and Aging Association, and Animal Grantmakers. And really how I found all of these with the exception of LGBT funders or funders for LGBT issues is I did a simple Boolean search. And so like I put Jewish plus funders plus association in and that's where I found the Jewish Funders Network. And so you can actually go directly to their website and see who their members are. And just a little bit of lurking and snooping on the website can pay big, big dividends. Even the associations that don't list foundation members are likely to list their board members. And let me tell you, all of their board members probably work for foundation members. So if they've got 20 members, you can find 20 foundations right there. Another question to ask yourself is, did I remember to use the Foundation Center? And don't forget that the best free resource for identifying prospective funders is the network of federally funded foundation centers. These centers are located in Atlanta, Cleveland, New York, San Francisco, and Washington, D.C., and they're free to the public. So if you live near any of those cities, you can go to one of those centers. Even if you don't live near one of these centers, the Foundation Center also has over 410 partner libraries throughout the nation. And each of the partner libraries offers free access to the electronic foundation directory. 
So you've got no excuse for not using the foundation center. And so you can find out where your local foundation center is or where the satellite is at foundationcenter.org. So once you've got a list of, say, 100 prospective foundations, you've now got to narrow that list down. You've got to have a focused or targeted list of maybe just 20 to 40 funders to reach out to and approach over the next 12 months. While the Foundation Center's electronic directory is an excellent resource, you can gain the same valuable information from a foundation's IRS Form 990. Just as nonprofits must complete an IRS Form 990, foundations also have to file one every single year. And this form discloses not just the names of board members and what their income and expenses were, but it also explains how nonprofits can request funding. It provides full contact information for the foundation and lists all grants made that year. And let me share with you, to me, that is probably one of the most valuable things. And so, you know, if you see a foundation that, say, I don't know, maybe gave away $500,000 last year, but every single grant was less than $2,500, it's probably not worth your while to pursue it because you're going to spend more than $2,500 of time researching and going after that funding itself. You can also then see who in my area do they fund. And so, for example, sometimes you'll do a search and you'll, you know, and you'll see that a funder is willing to fund projects anywhere in the nation. But then when you actually pull their 990 and you look at who they've given money to, you see, ah, they really focus on Ohio or oh, they really focus on Georgia and Alabama. This is also true for funders that will say, we fund anywhere in the state of Georgia. When you pull their 990 and see who they gave money to, maybe they only fund in the Macon area or the Augusta area. So if you're in the Columbus area, you're not going to get funding from them. Now, there's some other information on the 990 as well. As I mentioned, you can find board members. Part 15, which is, I believe, page 10 of the most recent 990, also details application instructions, deadlines, and funding restrictions. And of course, don't forget there's contact information, and that's right at the top of page one. Now, if you're wondering how to get 990s without going to the Foundation Center or a satellite, there are two resources. The first is GuideStar.org, and the other is ProPublica, and I will link both of those in the show notes. So once you've looked through 75 or 100 or 125 organizations' 990s, you're going to have a really good sense of the 20 to 40 that are the hottest prospects for your organization. So once you've done that homework, whether you're using a paid subscription service or the free resources that I just shared with you, grant writers will then have the information necessary for a healthy grant proposal calendar. And the next time then that a board member suggests approaching the Gates Foundation or the Coca-Cola Foundation or the Ford Foundation, you will be able to help educate board members about the grant research process. Noting that your grant research started with a universe of over 110,000 foundations, but you narrowed that very long list down to the 25 to 40 most likely prospects. And guess what? The Gates Foundation was not among them. You may not want to say it quite that way, but you get my point. So this bonus break and the Successful Nonprofits podcast is produced by the Goldenberg Group as part of our mission to provide board development, strategic planning, and interim leadership to help nonprofits thrive in a competitive environment. Be sure to visit our podcast website at SuccessfulNonprofits.com or find me, Dolph Goldenberg, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, 
or goldenberggroup.com. Thanks for joining us for this bonus break, and I hope you gain some insight to help your nonprofit thrive in a competitive environment. I am not an accountant or attorney, and neither I nor the Goldenberg Group provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. This material has been provided for informational purposes only, is not intended to provide, and should not be relied on for tax, legal, or accounting advice. Always consult a qualified, licensed professional about such matters.